Welcome to another episode of the Self Storage Insight Podcast. I'm Ben Shirey, and today I'm joined by Rob Esposito. And uh, Rob is the founder of Relocators. And so, uh, Rob, if you don't mind, just kind of give us a little bit of your backstory. Uh, how did you get uh, started with the business? How did you kind of come up with Relocators, that sort of thing? Absolutely. And uh, again, thank you for having me on. I appreciate being here. Absolutely. When I was a kid, early 2000s, my uh, grandmother had gotten cancer and my mother was tasked with emptying her queen's home and moving all her stuff, uh, moving her to Long Island and moving some of her stuff to Long Island and the rest just loaded up dumpsters. She was a secretary and from there she put an ad in the paper, uh, old stuff out brings the money in, let us show you where to begin. And she kind of started like she was one of the first um, of maybe the first five estate sale companies on Long Island. And it was happening at a time where like this whole shift was going on where the depression era was downsizing, who held on to everything. Mm -hmm. And then like the new generation, they didn't want anything. So she kind of like rode that bubble. And um, by the time 2007 came around, I was a bartender and I waited tables and I would clean out my mother's houses on the weekends. And from there, I started doing moving, then storage, then bunch of other services. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah so, so a little bit about relocators, maybe what are some of the services that you offer currently? Sure. Um, relocators, uh, we're comprised of like eight companies, some holdings. And what we do is we do full service moving. We have storage at five locations. We do out of state moving. We do a lot of work with restoration companies, packing out high end homes that had fire, water damage, kind of fit with our thing of like trying to, you know, take a stressful situation and make it easier on people. That's even a more stressful situation in some instances. And we do uh, state sales and online auctions as well. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, you were saying like 2007 is about when you got into the moving side of it and uh, kind of got the business kicked off. Correct. Yeah. I incorporated in 08. But yeah, oh, 07 is when I started. Okay, so so pretty much headed right into the recession, uh, right? H- how much did that play into your business and kind of maybe the growth of it or not a lot? I mean, I think for the, for the position I was in, it was great. You know, kind of like when you have nothing, you have nothing to lose. Like, you know, I was waiting tables and bartending. So if I had a job or two a week, you know, when you're that early, it – it worked for me. And as it got better, I was able to ride that wave up. Um, right. Now I kind of see similar, like we do really well, but the residential moving market, I mean, I, I've never seen a year like this. I think, <laughs> I think the realtors are being like criminally optimistic. Like it is much worse than they're saying. Okay. I haven't seen it like this lately. I mean, I think companies are still busy, but the actual residential market Seems very tight right now. Good. All right. Well, I think we'll, we'll try to come back to that. I kind of, kind of one, one of the questions I always like to ask is, you know, and a lot of, a lot of my listeners, uh, you know, self storage is kind of, you know, to some people they have multiple, you know, investments. And so they're working other jobs, running self storage facilities is kind of like a second thing. Uh, I know of a lot of people that do it that way. What was kind of your moment? So you're bartending, right? You're working evenings, whatever, and then doing the moving on the side. What was kind of the moment that you realized like, okay, I need to shift like, this needs to be my full-time thing and I got to cut the bartending loose. Uh, to, to be honest with you, I did it like for six months and okay. 
and then I tried to just do Saturday, Sunday, and within like another five months, I was I never uh, worked anywhere else again. So okay. within so, the first year. Yeah, so you recognized it pretty fast as far as the opportunity and right. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm all, I'm always interested in that too because I know like it, with myself, you know, I've started business, uh, you know, entrepreneurial mindset type thing, right? And so there's always there always comes that time where you have to kind of make a decision: Am I going to cut ties with something that's pretty stable and I'm pretty secure in this, and am I going to take this risk and fall flat on my face, right? So uh, I kind of always like to have a little bit of that conversation with you know, um, what did that transition look like for you? How did it go? Yeah, absolutely. I always say that. And I agree with you, like the whole like baker that goes bankrupt, you know, concept like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you make great cookies, but can you sell great cookies? And, you know, that's a big thing with people when they're starting businesses and leaving their job. Uh, I just tried, you know, in the beginning, it was real rudimentary. I was 23 and I was just trying to make a thousand dollars a week after I cleared my expenses you know it was back mm-hmm. 2008 um as i was able to tag along i think the 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 dance between hey i can you know pay someone 150 dollars and then go do some estimates that are worth a lot more and possibly get a job that took a little bit but i realized like hey i'm being you know penny smart and dollar stupid here i should you know figure out a way to free myself up right now and do this. And, you know, I think you kind of learn that from, you know, trial and error going back and forth. Right. Were there any, were there any kind of like experiences or maybe even people uh, in your life, you know, around that time that kind of you, you can look back and say like, wow, this was a big moment or this person really was influential in kind of getting started with your business and, and making it successful. Uh, absolutely different at different times and the same throughout. Uh, I worked at a, like the most famous restaurant in New York, Vincent's clam bar and the owners, I think they were mentors by, you know, looking at them without being mentors. And then as I started and transitioned out of working for them, they became mentors. They sat with me, they answered questions. They were phenomenal. Um, now 15 years later, I'm actually partners with them in in some aspects with some of the stuff we do, but I would say that in the beginning. And then I think around 11, 12, I've called it like the self-employed years. Like that's where I dove into audiobooks and networking and kind of like learned more of like running a business or not being, you know, like just self-employed. So right. If, yeah. If and, makes- and yeah, absolutely. And, and it's kind of interesting. You brought up the audiobooks thing. I mean, I think too, if you, if you look at anybody that's successful as far as on a high level, right, they always kind of preach that, you know, read, 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 who are you listening to that sort of thing. And, uh, and it, it's kind of funny to me, because I think sometimes like with the self storage side of it, some of the people that I talk to, it's almost like, they're just dabbling in it. They'll purchase a facility. They want to see how it goes, but they're not actually really diving into gaining knowledge about that industry. And so, man, I think that's so important. Like the more I can learn about the industry that I'm getting into is going to determine whether or not it's successful with any business. Right. So if I'm going to just kind of try it out and see, and I'm not, and I'm not actually investing into learning about that, you know, I think that's, I think that's huge for, for no matter what industry you're getting into. I concur a hundred percent. Awesome. So you, so you were kind of talking about, yeah, the, the, the retail or the, uh, the real estate industry around you right now is about as bad as you've seen. Um, you know, 
what does what does that look like as far as as far as like the moving company side of it? You have other things that can kind of keep the business going through that. Uh, what, what what do you feel like is going to be trending there? Like, do you think this is a long term thing that's going to be it's going to be looking like this, or is it going to clear up, or what do you think? I I think it'll always clear up. I mean, it's real estate, but I don't think it's I don't think the end is too near. You know, I think it's going to go well into twenty four. And the one thing that you know kind of makes me like question things is you're not hearing about it. Like in 08, everybody knew the world was coming to an end as far as economically. Like, I feel like today it's like, oh no, 200 people showed up to an open house, but it's like, okay, because there's only three houses, you know, like like what, what are the real numbers there? Because I don't feel like you're talking, it's being talked about, you know? Right. Yeah, that is that is interesting because yeah, even even in the self storage sector, which again is a real estate asset class, right? Um, everybody kind of realizes we're trending out of you know the golden years of storage and stuff from twenty to twenty two. It was incredible. You could everybody is hundred percent occupancy. Nobody really had to do anything. They could raise their rates, whatever you wanted. And so now we're kind of coming out of that. And so everybody kind of just attributes the the downturn to oh, it couldn't last forever. But yeah, maybe there's something to that. Maybe it is going to be a little bigger than everybody expects. The other thing is acquisition. I mean, the numbers like don't tell that story. The numbers are skyrocketing, you know, to to purchase a place, at least on Long Island and like the uh, outer boroughs, the surrounding area. Like we're seeing numbers that you're looking at yourself like, really? It's worth worth this much, you know? Mm -hmm. They're almost doubling in a few years, so that part too it's like almost inconsistent with um you know what you were saying about it trending downwards right absolutely so so with your business and and kind of the the way that you tie into the storage side of it you do you mainly just use your storage for people that you're moving like you don't you don't list that out you don't do anything as far as letting people just rent storage space off of you uh yes and no it's mostly made up of my clientele it's like an offshoot of my operational companies you know at each location we have a, a contractor that rents an office and has some warehouse space and some truck space kind of maintains the property um we also have like other contractors that just come there for tools and things like that so we do it on a on like more of a business level or you know we'll rent out a parking lot at one of the facilities and that's theirs it's subbed out so we do things like that we get creative with but for the most part like you walk into the building and it's you know all ours the warehouse and it's all crated or racked and you know right. it's not particularly self-storage but it's the same concept right yeah so just a little bit more of a creative use of the space uh, yeah. versus just segmenting it up what do you what do you kind of find as far as okay so like the moving industry is trending down with real estate you know, what, what is some of the challenges that you're going to face with that? Like, do you feel like there's a way that you can market differently to kind of make up for some of that or how, how, how long can you stay at this, a sustainable business with that before you have to make some significant changes? Throughout my career, I've seen, you know, different trends and, you know, I, I'm a big proponent on like trying to get along with everybody and competition is my best referral source and vice versa. So I'll work with people or maybe a service I do to get another service that I do that I'd rather. So with that said, you know, after Sandy, our clean out, Hurricane Sandy that like decimated New York, yeah. our, our clean outs, 
you know, got really busy. And then after that, we were packing out houses. Well, with COVID, our online auctions took off because the estate sales dumped and our out-of-state moving got busy when a local moving dump. So it's like I've always seen it go back and forth, which is exactly what I'm seeing now. I just think long term, uh, which, you know, I feel we are suited for is I think it's going to be the full package, like, you know, whether it's an estate or a downsizing, like the whole family's involved and the services end to end, whether storage, moving, clean outs, you know. Right. So having kind of like a well-diversified um, company helps you a lot through through different market turns for sure. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The other the other thing kind of as I'm listening to, to what you're saying there too is that, you know, as a, as a business owner or an entrepreneur, uh, you have to really be flexible and kind of see the, see what's coming and then adjust your business accordingly. Right. Like the, uh, you know, with marketing, it always is almost like what's trending and what are people looking for and how can I shift my business a little bit to fit, you know, maybe another opportunity that's on its way. Um, Absolutely. And so, yeah, you got to be creative, but it, it's also a hustle, right? Like, hard work. Um, and maybe, uh, maybe if you'd speak to that a little bit, I did listen to one of your other podcasts and you were talking about, you know, work ethic and stuff like that. What would you think is like one of your, you know, attributing factors to, to why you have such a hard work ethic? Um, I would say, I I think it was always in me as a kid. I think my dad was, you know, tough with me at not tough, but he was tough in the aspect that like anything I started, I had to finish. Like if I started baseball, I had to finish the season. If I never played again, right. that's fine. But there was no like giving up. And, uh, you know, I remember one story at like 10, uh, 12, I had to rake leaves with my buddies and we were all getting like a hundred dollars each. And it turned out the next day they quit when I told them he flipped out and I went back alone for like three weeks after work. And, when I was completed, I, I, I hated every minute of it, but when I was completed, it was unbelievable. And I remember thinking I was going to go make like 300 or 450. And the guy was like, so impressed. He gave me like 800 or something. And awesome. that day I was a millionaire. You know what I mean? Like that right. day I like, it clicked. So I think it's things like that. Right. Yeah. The, the never quit thing is something too, that uh, my parents were the same way. And I mean, I feel like if you have that option in the back of your mind, Yes. you're going to bail, you know, like it's going to get tough and you're going to feel like you're outmatched. And, uh, and yeah, those I try days... to do it with like broccoli. Now with my kids, I'm like, you try it once and then you don't have to do it. It doesn't work. <laughs> That's same. awesome. It's funny with your kids. I, uh, my son, I remember the first time just, this really sticks out to me and kind of my mindset on the same thing. We got Taco Bell, right. And he never had had tacos. I think he was four years old and I put a taco on his plate and I said, you're going to eat the whole taco. Right. And there was lettuce and stuff. So he didn't like it. And he sat there for two hours till he finished his taco. And uh, now he loves tacos, but, but it's those moments, right. Where like, you can't just quit because there's something that you feel like you don't like about something. You got to grind through those things. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, right now he's 13. So awesome. Good yeah, for you. God bless yeah, man. So we're, uh, we're working on it, man. It's a, that's a parenting is a whole other grind, right? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's what so, it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So, so maybe uh, kind of, as we kind of start wrapping things up, what would be, what would be one thing you would tell somebody else looking to start a business, whether moving storage, whatever, uh, what would be one piece of advice that you would give them as they get started out? Maybe something to look out for or uh, something to help them through that. As far, I would say that my, the three biggest things is don't burn bridges. Try to never burn bridges as much as possible. Um, always try to, you know, leave off, even if there's a disagreement in a cordial manner, 
you never know where, you know, a relationship meets back up. As far as advertising and stuff, there's nothing more powerful than networking. Um, you know, show me your network, I'll show you your net worth kind of philosophy and cultivating relationships, not just like, you know, networking to sell your product. You know, it's better you don't even talk about your product. You cultivate the relationship for the longer term. Right. And um, just keep going because there's going to be so many days you don't want to, you know, just keep going. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Great, great advice. That's very good. What um with, with your networking side, you say, you know, how, how important it is. What, what kind of what kind of ways do you do networking in your local area? Do you do, you do a lot of local networking or, or more at a larger scale? Um, a lot of local. I do um, a lot of like uh, uh, I was a member of BNI for the last 12 years. I used to be much bigger into it, but I'm still we have a pretty 90 member chapter, which is pretty big. And I would say like you know, just charities, local chambers, events like that, you know, where people are gathering. And I also think like, you know, I always wrestle with like, hey, do you do commercials and stuff for ego? I don't know if I see the ROI or do you do, you know, media stuff? Why it was the purpose? But the fact is, it's like you set up a lunch meeting with somebody or a possible new account. And the fact that you have the commercial and you have that stuff, it, it precedes you and it makes it easier for you to, you know, develop a relationship, you know, and talk to somebody. So, you know, right. whether it's me hiring them or them hiring me or, you know, for their services or mine, I feel like the media part and the branding part is as important, but on like a, on like a um, loss leader kind of level. Right. Yeah. And then, and then to kind of go back to the other one that you had said about don't burn bridges, you know, I know, you know, even with, within my business and local community, man, like referrals are such a big part of business still, you know? So if you are burning bridges, there's just that many more people out there that are, are referring you the other way. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, what's your, what's your work area? Like what's uh, your, what, how far uh, do you go? Uh, Altoona, Pennsylvania. I mean, our, our cell, our cell storage, like we have property management software, CC storage. So we work on a national level. I have clients yep. all over the U S but at the same time, I mean, we're involved in local community and things like that as well. Um, but yeah, so, so we could get bashed online, right? If, if yep. I do a bad job with something that, that can affect my business in a really negative way. So making sure I have, you know, a good, a good referral network and people that are actually happy with the, the work that we do is, is huge. Absolutely. I theorize that Google is not going to see it coming and the Facebook mom groups are just going to take over like the small business industry as far as marketing <laughs> and like as opposed to paying for AdWords. The control, the power and the um, community of it is it's so powerful, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm seeing like on a local level. That's why I asked what your oh, okay. geography was. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we work all over the U S but at the same time, yeah, I'm in a bunch of those Facebook groups and stuff too. Yeah. And yeah, you can get a, <laughs> people are a little, people are a little more bold on social media totally. uh, even than they are locally. So yeah, that's always fun, but Absolutely. awesome. Well, uh, yeah, as we kind of wrap this up, is there anywhere people can go to kind of check, uh, check you out, uh, learn more about you and what you do, uh, maybe follow you. Yes. I'm going to share all my links with you. Uh, our website is usrelocators.com. And uh, my personal Instagram is r.espo5. 
as well as U.S. relocators. Okay, awesome. Yeah, well, uh, thank you so much for being on the show with me today, Rob. I really enjoyed talking to you, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can do it again sometime. You as well. I appreciate it. Awesome. This podcast episode was brought to you by CC Storage. CC Storage is a property management software that helps you pass the fees of credit card processing onto your customers so you don't pay credit card processing fees ever again. If you enjoyed the podcast, there's a link below where you can fill out a form and be interviewed on the podcast with myself. If that interests you, please click the link below and we'll be in touch. We hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Don't forget to check back next week for another interview with another self-storage property owner.